0: Oh shit, I could actually speak up for myself and be really strong and assertive and have boundaries and have tough conversations and I don't have to be a dick.
1: Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast. Based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. And for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I am so excited for this week's episode. We are talking about the art of saying no to shit you don't want to do this week. And at first, you might be thinking, yeah, Sarah, like this isn't revolutionary. Of course, I say no to things I don't want to do. But what's fascinating about this topic and one of the key things I learned in this episode is that so many of us go along with things all the time and don't even realize we're doing it. Like, have you ever split the bill with friends at a restaurant because you didn't want to rock the boat? Or maybe you agreed to take on more things at work or to be in your friend's wedding when money is a little tight right now? Here's one I've personally been guilty of. Uh, Ever agree to go out with your friends when you just really didn't feel like it? Or maybe you didn't even say yes to something, but you didn't say anything at all or didn't speak up for yourself when you should have. Maybe you stayed quiet in a relationship where you felt like your partner was dragging their feet or said nothing when your family questioned your lifestyle at Thanksgiving. There are literally hundreds of scenarios we go through all the time that we brush off when we could be more assertive in our own best interest. Because here's the thing. Saying no is liberating as fuck. And that's why I'm so excited to bring in our guest this week, Amy Smith, who is going to teach us to do just that. Amy is a speaker, certified life coach, host of the Joy Junkie podcast, and creator of Stand Up For Yourself Without Being a Dick. She's going to teach us some communication hacks to give us some added confidence next time we're in a sticky situation. And can I be fully transparent with you guys for one second? When I originally did this interview, I was like, yes, my 20s people definitely need to hear this, but I'm in my 30s. Like, I'm pretty good at saying no to shit. All right. Since this interview, I have gone back and listened to it several times to deal with situations in my own personal life especially if they're planning a wedding, like I never thought I would have to stand up for myself as much as I've had to in the last few months. I mean, from people asking for plus ones to family members like inserting their opinions, I have literally gone back and made notes from this interview to help me navigate through so many awkward conversations. This is one that I think you're all really going to get a lot of value from and listen to more than once. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Before we jump into today's episode, if you know me, you know that I freaking love CBD. It can help you de-stress, sleep better and it can even help reduce inflammation in the body or help achy muscles and joints. I have tried lots of CBD brands out there and I'm very proud to partner with Beam. Beam is a super rare and revolutionary form of CBD called nano CBD, which is super tiny and highly absorbable so it is much more effective and fast acting than some of your other CBD brands out there. Beam has a few ways you can get your CBD. They have pure CBD in like a tincture or capsule form, or one of my favorite ways is their dream powder. I know a lot of us are having restless nights lately with everything going on. And this dream powder has CBD, magnesium, and melatonin in it to help give your body the sleep it needs to wake up feeling refreshed. Also, it just tastes really good. Like I have a bit of a sweet tooth at night and this kind of has like chocolatey and chai flavors. You just mix it with hot or cold water and it's really delicious. It's like a little bedtime snack. Another reason I choose Beam is it is 100% THC free. Why I'm such a stickler about that is THC can have some adverse effects on people. Like I know when I have even the tiniest amount of THC, it can heighten my anxiety. And, And some people, it can make them lethargic or unproductive. So if you want to get the benefits of CBD without having to worry about THC, Beam is the way to go. I seriously can't say enough great things about Beam. It's safe. It's effective. And if you want to give it a try, I have a 15% off discount code just for our Big Kid listeners. Just head to beamtlc.com. That's Beam like B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm joined now by Amy Smith. She is a life coach, speaker, host of the Joy Junkie Podcast, and creator of Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Ah, thank
0: you. I'm excited
1: to be here. Oh my god. Okay. First of all, I love that title, Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. Like, what gave you the idea to start that?
0: Well, there. I I really think that there are. These fallacies that we buy into around speaking up for ourselves. And one of them is if I speak up or if I express, you know, something that's bothering me in my marriage or speak up at the workplace or whatever, or with my family, then I have to be sort of combative or edgy or a little more abrupt. And so I've Thought it would really behoove people to have some sort of guide around being vocal, speaking up about shit that is really problematic to you, but not having to do so in a really combative adversarial tone. That you can actually have really tough conversations about really polarized topics, and you can do that with the utmost grace and kindness, you know? Um, And that really stemmed a lot from my own past with my family, actually. I always thought it would be such a great tagline for life coaching to be like, life coaching, because who doesn't have mom issues? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it's uh, so much of our shit comes from our family of origin. But I have a an interesting tale about kind of how that came about for me, if you're interested in hearing it.
1: Hell yeah. Go for it, sis.
0: <laughs> cool. So I I grew up... I actually don't know this about you, Sarah, but i I grew up in a very conservative, born-again Christian family. And in retrospect, there's still a lot about it that feels almost cult-like to me. Mm. And a lot of it was very much motivated from guilt and fear, guilt and fear, guilt and fear. Well, a bit of context. I was by... Accounts the like the good kid, right? Like, I started working when I was 14, I put myself through college, I got married young and moved out of the house, and just I was, you know, the honor roll kid, all of that. And then juxtaposed against my two younger brothers, they were both in trouble with the law, never really went to school, always kind of having a tumultuous path and journey. So it all kind of comes to a head in 07 when my father passed away. Oh, and, hear
1: that.
0: oh well, thank you. It it was, you know, now it's been quite a while, but it, it really was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And it also, I think, was a catalyst in the work that I do now. And so it all comes to a head on the day of his service. And I spoke to... Uh, the crowd of hundreds. My father worked for a Christian organization where he had created kind of this huge impact in the world. And although I don't subscribe to the same sorts of doctrine, I do really appreciate who he was in the world. And, and I shit you not, I did his makeup for his viewing. Needless to say, I kind of felt like I was winning at daughter that day, right? I'm like, I'm knocking it out of the park here. I'm you know, speaking to the crowd. I just totally did mortuary makeup on my father's dead body. Jesus. And I I know. Oh my <laughs> just God. a little light, just a little lighthearted stuff for you here. <laughs> so we get back home to my my mom's house and she finds it the most opportune time to tell me that it feels like my father and her had failed. As parents, because the three of us were not quote walking with the Lord. And so I'm thinking, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm I just won at daughter, like so <laughs> hardcore. And you're gonna tell me that I'm a disappointment or that I'm a failure because I'm I don't subscribe to the same religious belief as you. And that was a pivotal moment for me when I realized that if I chose me, if I really did choose me, that there were going to have to be situations where I said, if you are disappointed in me, I'm going to allow you to carry that. I'm going to allow that to be yours. I'm not going to take responsibility for that. And, and I think sort of a floodgate kind of unleashed at the beginning where yeah. then I wanted to talk. I, you know I had spent so many years Telling my husband, like, don't talk about John Stewart, don't talk about South Park, don't talk about any, you know, gay rights or any. D- don't cuss, don't drink. Like I had really twisted and contorted who I was in front of them for so long that that almost felt like a dam bursting. And then I became really, really confrontational. And <laughs> it was through the pendulum many, swung
1: the other way. Is like what it sounds like. That's the,
0: it's exactly what it was. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, let, let's fucking talk about abortion. Let's talk about, you know, and I I wanted to have all these really challenging conversations, but I wasn't kind. And it was through many, many cleaning up of my messes that I kind of landed on this epiphany that, oh shit, I could actually speak up for myself and be really strong and assertive and have boundaries and have tough conversations and I don't have to be a dick. I can actually do that with kindness and grace which is now very much what I what I teach in my work is you know there there are ways to ask for a divorce with the utmost kindness you can ask adult children to move out of the house you can tell your parents mm. that you're moving to another country you, you know there's so many things that we think we can't say but we actually can we've just been told you know don't rock the boat or don't open up a can of worms or any other fucking idiom that we want to throw around it yeah
1: um, yeah. That's, so that's that, so true. That's a little story. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's amazing because I mean, I, I feel like so many of us do that unknowingly, you know, like we yes. just, we want to avoid any confrontation. So we just kind of become like, yes, people or not even yes. People like yeah. I'm, but we'll end up saying yes to shit. We don't want to do all the time. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I think I had a, a meme about this a while ago. It was like, Like the first time you realize that you can say no to shit you don't want to do is like the rest of your life begins. Because... Yes. Like like it's such a liberating moment. Like it sounds like the same thing happened to you. Like when you finally did it, you're like, wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of people get tethered to the fear of what does this mean about me? I mean, and even if we go back to primitive man, I mean... If you didn't belong to a tribe, you meant that meant death. Like you had to belong, Mm -hmm. right? But so now we've evolved to this place where just because somebody doesn't like us or because we're not accepted or maybe we're rejected in a dating scenario, we still cognitively make that mean that we might die. Like people have to approve of us, so we're actually wired for Mm. that. But we've evolved as a species now that if Susan in accounting doesn't fucking like you, it (laughs) doesn't mean you're going to die.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's like more prevalent in females than men that need? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I was just thinking that. I'm like, I feel like I'm more susceptible to that thinking than like some of the guys I know. Like some of the guys I know will just be like, yeah, I ain't doing that. (laughs) Right. You know? and I'm like, well, oh, here's an excuse, and I have to do, you know, like we just kind of make it harder on ourselves.
0: Well, I think we we you know have the fucking patriarchy to thank for that again, you know. But it's it's true. It, we've looked at throughout the centuries what does ladylike mean, and what's a woman's role, and you know, even in conversations as of late, we talk about being more masculine in order to get things done in and i'm not a huge fan of of the terms masculine and feminine that much anyway i don't think it really helps us but we think about stuff like that like in order to get ahead you have to be strong and have to be assertive and you have to lose your softness and you have to lose your kindness and i think that there's a way to kind of embrace all of those pieces of who we are and 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 i think it's disproportionate to women mm-hmm. for so many of us we've been told like you need to be these things in order to be acceptable and to be a catch and,
1: you know, whatever yeah. other non-programming we've received. Well, that's why I think it's such an interesting time for this conversation and such an interesting subject. Because I think so many of us, I mean, our generation is a lot different than like our mother's generation or our grandmother's generation. And, you know, we are leading longer careers and, and doing all of the stuff that it, we don't really have like these models for. You know, back in the day, like right. we're, we're just, we're, we're coming up in the workforce and we have all these situations like that. Exactly. Like you just said, like traditional, like the way that traditional females operate is different. And like, we don't do ourselves any favors if we're like sitting back and not standing up for ourselves in situations. That's so right. I love, I love that I have you on today to kind of get into that, like how to really stand up for ourselves without being a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I know. So let's let's get into it. I mean like where do we start? Where do we even start? Well, I think
0: I think one of the things that would probably be helpful f- for everybody. This is a great kind of entry point is to think about what are the things that you either chronically complain about or that chronically piss you off. And are there any elements there That you are not speaking up, and that's a crucial piece of it. So, for example, are you always bitching to your best friend about how overbearing your mother in law is? Or are you constantly telling your therapist how frustrated you are with the way your husband's behaving or the way your wife's behaving? You know, are there things that you are quite vocal about, but just not to the right person? Hmm. Or, you know, that usually is indicative of, okay there is something that I can be vocal about that could actually influence how happy I am in this situation. Most of the time we can tell where we silence ourselves. So that's what I would encourage everybody to think about. Like, Are there things that you're chronically complaining about? I'm not talking about just blowing off some steam, venting, clearing. I'm talking about every day when you come home, you complain about the same person at work and you don't do anything to change it or you don't give voice to anything. Or maybe you can't stand your in-laws and your poor spouse is the one who gets the earful, but you're not willing to be vocal. I mean, it can happen on really small levels too. like if you're pregnant and somebody wants to rub your belly and they're a stranger and you're like, get off me,
1: (laughs) you know? Or,
0: I mean, there's random little situations we go through like that, where we think I could never say something. And it's like, no, you can, you absolutely can. So I think that that's one piece is looking at, are there things that you've been really bothered by that could be changed by you being, you know, speaking up? Yeah. Uh, are oh, there any things well, that are running through your head right now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, and I actually have, I'm going to run you through a bunch of scenarios a little bit later on. And I collected a couple. Oh, okay, cool. I know. I, always a good time. Okay. So, one thing I want to talk about was communication styles because, you know, so many of us have dealt with stuff that has annoyed us or pissed us off before, but we might not be communicating the right way or like the ways that we tend to do it are like a pretty much formed in habit, you know? So like maybe you, maybe somebody comes up to you to rub your belly and like your way of doing it is just silence. Like you just, you know, you just grin and bear it. Like what are some Mm -hmm. other like communication styles that maybe people can relate to or see themselves doing just so that like we have the awareness?
0: Yeah. So... Everybody responds to things like that. Like what you're pointing out here is, is defense mechanisms. It's how we've learned how to stay safe, right? So some people will use things like jokes and being passive aggressive. So <laughs> like, for example, you're like, uh-huh. Uh, me, me.
1: <laughs> I built, built uh-huh. a career off of it. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and sometimes, sometimes it's very much a cultural thing. It's like your family of origin, that's what you do is you rouse each other. You know, so sometimes mm-hmm. you can look back at for, I mean, spoiler alert, for most of us, how we communicate is very much informed by how we grew up. So for example, maybe you really are ready to start a family and your partner isn't. And you want to bring up that tough conversation about you know your biological clock ticking or whatever. And then you come to find out that your sister is pregnant with like her fourth. Hmm. So to your partner, you say something like, oh, so I uh, heard uh, Shelly's having a, a fourth, must be nice. Hmm. <laughs> you know, Biological clock sure is ticking over here. I wonder if that'll ever happen for me, right? And then, so you're saying stuff in a way where the other person could absolutely take it As a joke. (laughs) You know, if you're not saying, hey, in all seriousness though, (laughs) I do, I do think we need to have a conversation about this. Or, you know, so that's I'm all for using jokes or passive aggression as long as you follow it up with in all seriousness, or all joking aside though, I really think we we probably need to. Have a little combo about where we're headed here with yeah. with kids and babies. So, you know, and, and we can do the same thing like in uh, like a family situation where maybe somebody at the dinner table says something that you find offensive, you know? And I've done this before where I've said like, Oh, so you clearly didn't get the hashtag me too movement memo, mm-hmm. did you? You know, like joking like that, and then go, in all seriousness though, we would appreciate it if you would stop referring to us as sweetie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's some it's something like that. Like, in all seriousness, though, or in all honesty, or if we're, t- if I'm totally being candid, so you can use that to your advantage, but you also need to bring it back around to you on a serious note. So that's just sort of a little communication hack. Uh, one, like you mentioned, is total silence. Sweep it under the the rug. A uh, thing to
1: see. That's Maybe another one of my happen. faves. That's one of my faves. Just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And that doesn't do us any favors, I feel like, you know? No.
0: But I mean, you think about it, sweeping under the rug, opening up a can of worms, rocking the boat, like we have all of these words, all of these idioms to say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And (laughs) so even our culture, you know, our vernacular is framed to tell us to be quiet, right? So that one, one of the things that I will a sort of a mantra that I use is do not allow your silence to make you a liar. So I will not stay silent about something if it implies that I agree with somebody or that I'm okay with that. Like if okay rubbing my pregnant belly or, mm. you know, so I'll give you an example. I used to do a lot of community theater and I was doing a show with uh, a guy who brought over to me a meme, your favorite, hmm. and uh, but I don't think you would have dug this meme. It was very disparaging towards a child with mental and physical disabilities, and yeah, not to my me, jam. That, no, <laughs> my that jam. doesn't constitute humor to me. So in that moment, the easiest thing to do would have been to be like, ha ha, ha," and just like laugh it off or try to change the subject. But I knew that if I did that, my silence would make me a liar. It would make me complicit to that situation. And I don't want that. Now, I also didn't want to get in a whole full-blown conversation with him either. So I just said quite simply like, hey, I get that you think that's funny. I don't share that opinion. I actually kind of find that offensive. I'd appreciate it if you just didn't show me stuff like that. All right, see you out on the stage or see you in the green room or whatever. And just shut that shit down. So you can speak up for yourself without quote opening a can of worms. You can just be very deliberate of like, I actually don't share that opinion, you know, or you know, I actually find that offensive. I'd appreciate it if you didn't talk about that around me or could we could we possibly change the subject? But nobody gives us these words. Nobody tells us how to do these things. We say, don't hurt someone's feelings. And, you know, we use all those idioms that we're talking about. So yeah, those are a, those are a couple for sure.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the thing. And like, even when i start to think of this and like imagine me out there in the wild, like practicing some of this stuff, like I honestly, <laughs> I honestly still feel like a little bit uncomfortable, I think. yeah. Like to your point, you're like, I don't even want to start a conversation about this. Like there's a lot of shit. Right. I mean, I like live I spend a lot of time on the internet like if i if yes. I stood up to everything that I thought was offensive, I would spend all my time doing that. you
0: know that's a great point. That's a brilliant, okay because i've had I've had students ask me this too. I feel like it is when you are in real life in immediate earshot and mm-hmm. or if it's like some i don't know if people even do comments on blogs anymore but like if they left a comment on your blog or you know wrote to you specifically tagged your ass something like that yeah that's where i feel on the, and like the internet space that's where our responsibility is you know like i have a private facebook group if there's stuff that happens in there I, that's my responsibility to you know shut that shit down but Rega- I'm I'm with you too. I'm not about fighting with a bunch of strangers on the internet. I find that <laughs> the, the least amount of impact that I can create in the world. So yeah, choose your battles wisely. I mean, largely, by and large, when you're in person. Yeah. When you're, you know, something is said to you in passing or in your general vicinity, that's, that's when I really hold true to that mantra.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So w- let's talk about like how we actually start you know, making me standing up, you know, like when we like, give us some language so that we feel more comfortable doing it. Cause I still am not feeling totally confident in like my approach here. (laughs) Sure.
0: Well, it really, really depends what type of thing you have to speak up for. So because it's very different if you're approaching like, let's say your partner about you want to quit your job and move to another country. Like that's hmm. a really deep conversation with a person that you're intimately involved with versus somebody who wants you to sign their petition or something like that or who I don't know somebody at work. There so there's lots of different levels so it really really depends. But I'll say One of the things that I think is really important to understand, and this is another kind of governing principle that I operate under, is that you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. And so often we go into conversations thinking, this will be successful as long as so-and-so sees it my way, or as long as that person agrees with me, as long as they can understand my perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Instead
0: of going, this will be successful as long as Sarah's proud of Sarah or Amy's proud of Amy. That will That's what I can control. I can control my intention. I cannot control my reception. So that's one thing to kind of always keep in mind no matter what you're doing is that we cannot control anybody else. We can't make our parents approve of us. We can't make somebody want to date us. We can't <laughs> force somebody to see it our way. None of that. All we can control is how we show up and so much of that has to do with our rhythm and our cadence of voice, how we address things. Not not just the words that we're using, but the actual inflection and tone of voice. So one of the things that I suggest to people is to ask for the time to talk so let's say let's say it's a more of a serious conversation Mm -hmm.
1: and like do you have a scenario like anything that's i have so many scenarios (laughs) okay um let's do one with like a friend like somebody you care about like not like a stranger that you could be like fuck this person but like somebody you actually you actually like and maybe they want you to do something that you don't want to do okay Okay. Sweet. So they, let's say they
0: want you to like help with their kid's birthday party and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> pull my teeth out. Hard pass. I'd rather pull- yeah. Hard pass. Uh, so let's say it's something like that. And truth be told, you really, really just don't want to do it. One of the things that you can do is, is use gratitude. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Just starting with that very easily. Like, oh, thanks so much for thinking of me. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. Or unfortunately, I'm not available. And stop there. Don't Mm. go into this big fucking explanation. And don't lie. Don't say I've got Beyonce tickets if you don't. And you're just going to stay home and wash your hair. Like, it doesn't matter what the plans are. They don't have to be noble and honorable. They can seriously be to just Netflix and chill by your fucking self. You know, that's fine. Yeah. But don't don't make up a lie, but just say thank you so much for thinking of me. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna be able to pull through this time, but please keep me in mind. I truly hope you can understand. Like, shut it down. Don't go into a big old explanation. That's <sighs> another that's another piece of us apologizing for ourselves. Like what we've got going on doesn't matter. Of course it matters. It matters just as much as as your homegirl's two-year-old's birthday, right? So it's okay to not be available for things. The other
1: thing that I... thats Before you move on, that is so funny. Because like the whole not explaining yourself thing, I think is so key. Like people take that in. I have... Because nothing like... Mm -hmm. Nothing pisses me off more when like, I'll ask a friend to do something and then like, First of all, they'll agree to it. Like, let's say I'm like, You wanna grab dinner at this date, whatever? And they're like, Yeah, totally. This is such like an LA thing, I feel like. This is I used to call this the LA mm-hmm. flake. Um <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, 100 percent like in the moment. And then like an hour before we're supposed to meet, they give you like a long ass story. Like my favorite one to date is this this one of my friends. Was Like, I'm so sorry, like, I'm not gonna be able to make it. My dog fell off the couch weird two days ago. I might have to take him to the vet. We're cu-. like, just give me this whole long story. I'm like, dude, just tell me you can't go, Like it's fine. Like, I don't, right. I don't think people want to hear it, and like, it's just, it gets ridiculous to a point. So, I love that whole, like, not over explaining yourself piece, I think, is great.
0: Well, and it's it's if you the key to that not over explaining is if it's where you are feeling a false sense of guilt because let's get one thing straight about guilt guilt is reserved for when you fucked up according to you guilt as an emotion is designed to reroute poor behavior so if I slap somebody I should feel guilty that was a dick move right mm-hmm. like that that's when guilt is warranted but we have this, I think it's a misnomer where we're feeling something other than guilt, but we say, I feel bad or I feel guilty when you have not done anything wrong. Yeah. So that's, that, and that's an emotional intelligence piece. Like just knowing, okay, I've actually not done anything wrong. According to me, I might be according to my mom or my sibling or whoever I'm at odds with, but start calling that a different thing. Stop saying, I feel bad, I feel guilty. Start saying, I feel concern, I feel empathy, I feel involved, I feel um, love, I feel compassion, whatever it is. I feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we just feel straight up uncomfortable being at odds with somebody or wanting something different than them. Mm-hmm. But stop calling it guilt if you've done nothing wrong. You not being able to decorate for a kid's birthday is not you doing anything wrong. So it doesn't warrant guilt. So, that's one thing. Now, there will be relationships in your life where explanation is important, right? Where, you know, let's say, let's say I had agreed to be your maid of honor for a hmm. wedding and I need to pull out that's the, a nature of a relationship that warrants an explanation. The problem th- that happens is when we over explain to try to get approval that what I want to do with my time is okay with you. <laughs> That's when you really have to check yourself.
1: Yeah. Dude. So, if that, because that was actually one of my scenarios that I was going to give you, like that kind of thing where it almost seems like it's so bad that. Is not doing it worth like losing the friendship or, you know, there's going to be some real consequences like with your decision not to like, how do you get through like a really uncomfortable situation like that? Because that's a hard one. That's a hard one.
0: It really depends on the nature of the relationship. And... And also the reasonings, why? And like if it's if it's a financial strain, like that's viable. That's a very real issue for a lot of people. Uh, I had somebody in one of my communities ask me about this, and she was in a situation where she had agreed to be a bridesmaid with somebody who their friendship had really fizzled out, but it was historical. They had been friends for decades. And They weren't really connecting that much. And the way that she had kind of signed on to being the bridesmaid was she said flippantly to her friend oh, did you want me to be in it? And she said, oh, if you want to. And she was like, oh, okay. So it was already kind of framed up in a weird way. So then she poses it to me and says, I really want to pull out of this. I don't want to spend my money in this way. I don't want to spend my time in this way. I don't feel like our friendship is as close as it once was. And I said, then you've got to say that. You've got to say that. Don't say... I mean, you can certainly lean on financial stuff if that's true, if that's real. But don't make it up if you can pull it out of your ass in order to go to Spain with your other bestie tomorrow right yeah. so let's be of integrity and so in those situations i would say like hey i really want to run some stuff by you and one of my other kind of communication hacks that i love to use is saying what your intention is or what your intention is not so to say something like hey you know i want to run some stuff by you and and i just want you to know it is not at all my intention to create a rift between us. I, I've just been really mulling over the wedding and I don't know if it's totally the best match for me to be there. I am curious to hear what your thoughts are. It seems as though our relationship has really fizzled out over the last couple of years. I have nothing, no animosity towards you. I just don't know if it, if it seems like the best match for
1: either of us. What are your thoughts? Ooh. something like that. Dude, you know what? You know what's coming to mind actually as we talk about this? Like so many mm. of these situations would be avoided if we didn't say yes in the first place. You know what I mean? Like... Because yeah. <laughs> that's the problem yes. as I yes, think do. so many of us just like in the moment we're just like, oh yeah, like we don't want to stir the pot in the moment. So we agree and then it's 10 times worse when yes. we try to get out of it. Yes. So I think okay, like so- sharpening that that tool would be better, you know?
0: Brilliant. Okay. So I'll give you a couple. First of all, if someone asks you to do something, and I I grew up in Southern California, so we would call it being like the totally girl. (laughs) (laughs) When somebody would say, well, you help me move. Totally. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then you're like, fuck, why did I say would help them move? Or whatever it is that you said yes to. And so the first item of business is you've got to buy yourself some time. Mm. Start to change your response, your natural inclination to say yes, and start saying something like posing a question back to them. How soon do you need an answer? Mm. How soon do you need an answer is the best. If they say, if they say, I really need to know now, then you say, you know what? I would hate to commit and then have to pull out. If if you need to know now, I'm just going to politely decline. I would hate to leave you high and dry. So it's going to have to be a no. I truly hope you can understand. Ugh, something like that. That's so smart. <laughs> buy just, yourself time. Genius.
1: Genius.
0: Yes. So buy yourself some time. Even if you have to go, can you hold that thought? I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. Just so you can formulate your mind, just something other than Yes let me check my schedule. Let me look at my calendar. I've got a bunch of stuff coming up and I would hate to say yes and then, and then have to pull out later. That's one of my favorites because you're already showcasing that you want to be compassionate and considerate towards them. And you don't want to overcommit if you can't. It's, it's great, I think. So let's say you do say yes, then you have to circle back and take it back Sooner than later. Okay. So you can't wait till it's like the day of the move that you're supposed to help somebody with. Like the flakiness that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. Don't be a
0: dick like that. Yeah. Don't be a dick like that. But if it's, if it's something where someone asked you to move in three weeks and you just said yes yesterday, you can circle back and say something like, Hey, thank you so much for asking me to help out. I, I appreciate that you view me as somebody you can lean on and, truth be told i think i really preemptively said yes a little too quickly i i'll be really honest with you i'm i'm barely staying afloat <laughs> i have i have just been taking on way too much and i think i did the same and i i hate to take my name out of the hat but i think i need to just for my own sanity truly hope you can understand yeah. you're not over explaining you're not making up a big old fucking lie but you're just saying Hey, that was my bad. You're owning your shit and saying, I really shouldn't have said yes without looking at my calendar. I should not have said yes, and i'm I really am sorry for that,
1: yeah, like I being the person would would react to that so much better. like I would be like, Oh, like that is relatable. I can relate to that like that sounds honest, you know, right. And right. I think the whole piece of like giving that person time is huge, too. like back to the the maid of honor scenario, maybe it's just because I'm a bride, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh my god, if somebody did that to me, I would die. So yeah, I think timing is also huge.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I I had to pull out of a uh, a theater production that I was going to do, and it was before we had even started any rehearsals. So to me, that's very different when you can totally be replaced <laughs> easily, yeah, you know, when you're not leaving somebody high and dry. So I think, you know, we really have to take stock in that. But you know, I had I had a bridesmaid bail on me for my wedding. I mean, this is in the fucking 90s, but she bailed on me. And in the grand scheme of things, it was very telling about the nature of the relationship. And so instead of going into crazy bridezilla mode, I kind of went, okay. Thank you for showing me where we stand, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm clear on the people who are here and who would never miss it, and I'm going to celebrate that, you know. And so that's just a shift in perspective. Damn, yeah, <laughs> that was
1: big of you. I was like, <laughs> like flip a table, but maybe it's <laughs> like good on both sides to kind of you're right. Like if somebody's coming to you, honestly, like understanding the situation and learning to react with grace. I think is just as important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And it's not to say like everybody gets to have their feelings around it. Like no one's wrong for feeling how they feel. You just are always responsible for how you behave. So you could be furious and take it out in a kickboxing class or beat the shit out of your bed or something like that all damn day. But can you go key her car? <laughs> you're you're going to be held responsible for that. So I think there's also this you know, emotional intelligence piece of... like We get to feel what we feel without trying to inflict that on somebody else, right? That's why when you turn to that person who bails on you and you say that it was really hurtful because of X, Y, or Z, and here's how it landed for me, that is far more impactful than if you are screaming and yelling like a bat out of hell... You you're easily written off. Your friend could be like, "Fuck, Sarah went ballistic. She went crazy. Thank God I'm out of that." <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Very there's true. no there's no growth, but it's counterintuitive because anger is our most easily accessible emotion. So when we're upset or we're feeling any type of feeling, anger is is right there. You know, and that's so usually what we access first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go on and on about that, but.
1: I won't. Yeah. No, it's a good point to make. I know I do. So let me tell you real quick about a little find called Monta Sleep Masks. I am actually low-key slash very high key into sleep masks. I'm a light sleeper and need total darkness to sleep. And somehow even when I sleep with sleep masks on, like little cracks of sunlight can creep in around your nose and that shit drives me nuts. That's why I am so pumped to hear about Manta Sleep Masks, which are 100% blackout masks for better, deeper sleep. The trick is they have these little adjustable, breathable cups that rest over your eyes. It kind of reminds me of like a bra for your face. Like the cups rest over your eyes. So you have zero pressure on your eyelids or lashes, Uh, which for any of my girls who get lash lifts or extensions, like this is the sleep mask for you. The mask itself is soft, breathable, and adjustable, so you can personalize it to fit perfectly to your face. I just got the onto slim mask and love it. They also have some super fancy masks out there, like the aromatherapy mask or the weighted eye mask. They even have heated and cooling masks where you can warm up or cool down the adjustable eye patches, which can be super soothing to your eyes and sinuses. I mean, if that doesn't sound luxurious, I don't know it does. So if you want to get a better night's sleep, I have a 10% off code just for our listeners to give it a try. Just go to montasleep.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. I'm also going to link it in show notes. But again, that is montasleep.com and use BIGKID at checkout. I want to get into more scenarios because I think this is so fun. Um, but before yes. we do, because I think like, before we even get into that like I think like we we kind of talked about the idea of just like setting general boundaries like you kind of had this process for yeah. setting boundaries in general which I think would be really helpful for people to understand for somebody who like maybe isn't used to setting boundaries and just saying yes all the time. Yes, I love it. So yeah, it's
0: it is a kind of a three-part process and the first I think I would say start thinking about what we talked about at the very beginning of the show, are there scenarios where you know you need to speak up and tell your mother-in-law to stop feeding your kid a bunch of shit or whatever, fill in the scenario. (sighs) So think about the thing that you're complaining about the most or that you know is on your radar and that you need to be vocal about. So the first thing is you decide on the boundary. And what's the most important thing about the decision process is specificity. So instead of I'm just gonna use that as an example. So let's say every time actually I'll give you a real life scenario. I had a friend that I used to work with who she every time her in-laws would watch her kids, she would the her mother-in-law would threaten and she would say, If you leave them with us, we are going to go get them baptized in our religion. Jeez. And and this friend of mine was like, we don't believe in that. We don't want you to speak about that kind of stuff. We want it to be a religion-free zone. I know that how you believe is, is incredibly important to you. And we totally respect that. We just hope that we have the same in return, right? So her mother-in-law kept kind of infringing on this. So the specificity piece is being very, very clear about what you will or will not accept going forward. So, if she were to say something like, we just really need you to respect our parenting more, that's ambiguous. That's totally vague, that you have no idea what that really means. Mm. So, deciding on how clear it is needs to be something like, we would really appreciate it if you didn't bring up anything related to God, church, religion, Catholicism, uh, anything like that. Please no literature, no books, no pamphlets, no (laughs) Sunday school, no, none of those things. We ask that you don't teach or instruct anything from a spiritual context, right? In this scenario, right? So, being really clear—it's the same thing like with your partner. If if you say, "I need more romance," what the fuck does that mean? Mm -hmm. They might think, "Oh, she wants sex more," or "Oh, she wants gifts more," or "I need to take her out," or "We need." What does it mean to you? You know. So you have to be really specific. I want date night four times a month, every Saturday. You know. You have to be really clear. All right. So the first is decide. Second is deliver. And this is where you share the boundary with that person. So a couple of, of hacks to help you with that. First off, ask for the time to talk. So instead of just jumping in whenever you feel like it, and just saying, I need to talk. We need to talk. Don't say that. Okay. That's, and everyone goes like, what? Why? What? Yeah. You know, It's like so anxiety inducing. So say something like, hey, there's a couple things I'd love to run by you or there's some things I've been thinking about I would really like to get your thoughts on. Something like that and ask for the time so that they're aware and it's, they're not being sideswiped because if they are, they're likely going to be far, far more defensive. Mm. All right. The second piece is sort of like a, a soft startup. Like when you're delivering this to say, thank you so much. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me. I know that we have totally differences of opinions about faith and belief, and and I just want you to know my intention. Again, owning your piece in the matter, my intention is not at all to cause any awkwardness in the family. I just genuinely want to share with you sort of where where we've been coming from and and what what we really want for for our children. And I truly hope you can hear me right. And then. You deliver it. You ask for the, all those specific things. You say, here's what we would really appreciate if when they're with you, that you don't blah, 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 blah. fill in the blank. So what are you thinking over there? And just bounce it back and forth. You, it depends on the nature of the relationship. Sometimes you don't need input. Sometimes you just need to let them know, here's how it's going to be. And then other times it's a very collaborative relationship where you care about what they have to say. And there is some listening that needs to go be involved. So decide and then deliver. And then number three is enforce. And that can quite possibly be the most challenging piece. Because a lot of times what happens, especially if you're newer to speaking up, your mom or your boss or your sister or whoever, they're like, Sarah doesn't really mean it. Hmm. <laughs> Sarah, got it. Sarah listened to a fucking self-help podcast and now she got a butt <laughs> up her ass about speaking <laughs> up. And <laughs> she doesn't really mean it, right? And so they will test you based off of history, based off of how you bes- responded in the past. So those are the moments. Enforcement is one of the toughest pieces because that's when you have to go, Hey, you know, that conversation we had a while ago about religion. You know what? I, we really meant it. So I just want to underline again, please don't blah, 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 fill in the blank.
1: And uh, yeah, so there you have it. Boundaries in three easy steps. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's so important. And like the enforcing piece is, is huge. Cause if you've made yourself that clear at that point and somebody is still like not acknowledging your wishes or going against you at that point, like that's fucked. Like, you know, like then you really need to, I think, you know, kind of evaluate that even relationship, you know, like, well. What's
0: really tough about... I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. What's really tough about strong feelings uh, about uh, religion, politics... uh, I I see a lot of people about this with food too, like um, what they put in their system. If you believe wholeheartedly that something is right, and then you have the opportunity to impart that to somebody, it is so hard to hear that you're thing that you believe is right is offensive, yeah. you know? So so as much as I want to be, you know, this crazy liberal aunt that teaches people about multiple genders and, you know, that's highly offensive to some people. Yeah. So it's not up to me. I'm not raising that child. So you, you really have to take into account, like, and that's one thing that it helps me be really compassionate is it's heartbreaking for my mom, for example, to have a daughter who doesn't at all believe in the religion she raised me with—how heartbreaking, right? And so I have to come to that with with empathy and say I can understand why that would be so heartbreaking for you. And you also have to understand it's heartbreaking for me to see you believe the way you believe as well. It goes both ways. So let's have mutual respect and honor one another, and agree to disagree you know? And it wasn't until I stopped fighting so hard and started really being kind and assertive
1: that things dramatically changed with boundaries for me. Yeah. I think that's... It's It's tough though. It is tough. It absolutely is tough. And like, it's like one of those things I'm like, you. like you kind of mentioned earlier, you can control how you react. You can't always control like what other, how other people are going to react. But it's more so like for you to make sure that you're standing up for yourself and making sure that your opinions are heard. I think that's great.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So you want to do some scenarios? Yeah. I love okay, this scenario cool. situation. Okay. Let me pull these up. <laughs> I was going to make this a game and I was going to call it Ooh. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> how, to say Ooh, know, how to say no to some very delicate situations. Okay. So I have a couple... Situations for you, yeah. Let's just jump into it. Okay, <laughs> I okay. think these are. I think some <laughs> of these are really relatable. Your boss asks you to stay late or do an extra project, and you really—it's not a like something you're supposed to be doing, and you don't want to. What do you say to somebody in power like that?
0: Yeah. So with bosses, it's it's a little bit tricky. If it's stay later, it, that that one's a little bit easier like with the staying later piece is you can say I really wish I could but I unfortunately I have plans I'm not able to so it, it can be a little tricky with a boss just because that's your livelihood and I'm assuming you want to continue on that path and it it also really depends on if it's a bullying situation if you feel like it, you're being taken advantage of if it's a sexism situation and if you really really love this work if you love That your chosen profession. So you kind of have to weigh in some of these things. But what I always come back to is by me saying yes, is it something that I can deal with? Or is there going to be a severe cost to me? Like my own unwind time, my own freedom, is is it worth it? And I know you've shared about being in a very toxic work environment.
1: Yeah. (laughs) that's That's what I'm thinking of right now. Like my boss didn't really even give me the choice. Like it was just like yeah. expected. And then if you had any type of pushback, they'd be like, oh, well, this person's staying late, this person's staying late. Like we need to get this project done. So like I don't care what you have. Like not, you you have to cancel it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then and
0: then then you're at that decision making place of if this is the parameters of the workplace that I am in, am I willing to keep being the yes woman or the totally girl and, and and at what cost like is that severely costing me something so in those situations i would say oh thank you so much for asking unfortunately i'm not able to if it is a project that you're not wanting to take on what i really suggest is being as clear as possible about your workload and the reason why you would not take it on so one of the things that I've seen a lot is where somebody doesn't speak up about how much they're drowning under their current workload because Mm -hmm. they just accept everything that's coming at them. So to say, again, I really appreciate you leaning on me and I've got to be really honest with you with this project and that project and this that i am trying to keep afloat. I am I'm barely hanging on, to be honest with you. And I would hate to take on something else like that and do a subpar job, right? So if, if, if it's an overload, you got to be honest about how much you've been taking on. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you don't feel skilled at, then you may have to own that too. And you may have to say, you know, I'll be really honest with you. I don't know if I am the best choice for that. Like if I will be able to knock that out of the park the way you need me to, I really thrive on all these other 40 projects I've got going on, you know, something like that. But at the end of the day, a lot of times work is doing shit you don't want to do. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? The so work is a little bit trickier because it is your livelihood, you know? But I would say start working about on being as honest as you can about... Needing help if that, if that's the case, but not all workplaces are set up like that. Like what you said, ultimately your decision was I needed to leave. Yeah, because it wasn't. They weren't interested in your quality
1: of life. Yeah, I wonder too if like you could you could do the whole thing that you mentioned earlier, which is like buy yourself time. Like sometimes I remember like people would just like throw stuff at me, and it, because it was like in passing or happening so fast, I would be like, yeah, of course. And if you could potentially in a work setting be like. You know what? I'm working on something right now. Like, let me connect with you at the end of the day. I'll come by your desk and we'll talk about it or something. Like, I I just love that whole buying yourself time. (laughs) Absolutely,
0: brilliant. You know, or just saying like, you know what? I'm in the middle of something right now. And then putting it back on them and saying, will you circle back with me around four o'clock? Yeah. Or will you will you check in with me next week? You know, don't put another thing on your Calendar, you know,
1: but yeah, yeah, buy yourself that time. Brilliant. Okay, I like that. All right, we're going to move on to our to our other scenarios. So, okay. talked about bosses. Um, let's talk about coworkers. Let's say your coworker got a promotion that you think you deserved. Do you say anything, or do you do you, or not nothing? You just sweep it under the rug, keep working.
0: I would not say anything to the coworker other than congratulations, unless your relationship is really close with them. But what I would do is I would go to I would definitely be vocal. I wouldn't necessarily say I deserve to have that because obviously they made a different decision. Mm-hmm. And so that that can come across as I don't think you're doing your job well. You should have put me in that position. So that usually doesn't land well. But if you go in and say, hey, you know, I I would really love to just talk with you about succession planning and my future with the company and where you see me. And I would take initiative on a meeting with your boss and I would look at what are, what are the components that you need to see from me in order to have a promotion and be very clear about this is my desire. I want to be in this position. Tell me what I need to do. And that way it's really obvious because you never know what they assume if you haven't been vocal about it.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love using that as like a piece, you know, as a as a way to start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Rather yeah. than throwing a fit.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not going to...
1: Not going to do that's that. Good.
0: No. If you throw a fit, they go, thank God we picked Julie instead of Sarah. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. Very <laughs> that true. You don't want to help that case. You want yeah. them to see you as a new prospect.
1: Right. Okay. Next scenario. This is a friendship one. This is your friends. This this could be this could be something that happens frequently. Um, You know, you go out to dinner with friends. They order a lot. Maybe they are big drinkers. Maybe they like their filet mignon, and they always want to split the bell when when you have way less. When's the next the next time that that happens, like how do you bring up that you don't want to do that?
0: Okay. So you, you can do this a number of different ways. You can take initiative and ask the server from the beginning to split checks. Depends where you are. Depends how big the group is. Dep- you know, all of that. It, some places are like, it's so much easier these days than it used to be that it's, it's really not that big of a deal. I think, and, and I used to say all the time, I'm like, the whole splitting of the chat gives me so much anxiety. I would rather just have separate checks to begin with. And I would just claim it as my thing. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal, deal with that. So here's what I'm going to do. And then if if, <laughs> if people... First of all, that's shady as fuck. I would call that out. I mean, I would call that out so fast. <laughs> but I know not everybody's comfortable with that. So you can take a couple of different approaches. You can take the joke piece, like I was saying earlier. Like, oh, sure. I don't mind paying for all your booze and your flamignon. Hmm and and then going no but on a serious note guys i mean
1: like i had a side not. salad and a water like i'm not spending 110 <laughs> it's
0: in all seriousness guys it's not an even split in what in what scenario would that be fair come on let's do a little math you yeah. know like i would i would say something like that or you can offer to be the person who feel, who figures it out you know and says give it to me i'll tell i'll tell you all what you owe <laughs> you know, so it depends if you want to take that on or not, but, um, but there's ways around it. and, And, and ultimately, to me, that's a similar situation. Like if you are at work, and you see somebody stealing, and they turn to you and say, don't fucking ruin this for me. And well, you're like, how about you don't do shady shit in front of me that makes me have to stand up for myself? Right? So, I see that kind of in the same scenario where it's like, don't do dumb shit that I have to call you out on then. You know, don't, don't. And I would keep calling it out. Like if they were saying, uh, really, that's so much work. You know what's so much work? Making money and then spending it all on your fucking booze. So we're going to split.
1: (laughs) Dude, that's that's (laughs) like my resolution of this year. Like no more of that. Like, there. That is one thing that I, that always like, Bothers me and I never stand up for myself. I'm always like, sure.
0: (laughs) No, it's not okay. And I would also you could start by announcing that at the beginning of the meal and just say, okay, everyone, I have a new year's resolution and I would really appreciate everybody's buy-in. It's something I'm working on for the new year. I no longer want to go out and split the tab when it is so not equal. And you guys know what I'm talking about. So here's, you know, and just present it like that. Like no more of that. I'm not going to pay a hundred bucks for a side salad and water anymore.
1: Yeah. Or I'm just not going to go out to dinner with you bozos. (laughs) You either get my presents or we're splitting it and goodbye. Well, that's what I had to do
0: for sure when I was in my twenties was a, it was a big deal. There was two people in particular. Every time we went out to dinner who would do that, they wouldn't calculate their tip. They wouldn't calculate tax. They wouldn't. And it was maddening. And so I had to start doing this exact stuff that I'm telling you where I just wouldn't go out with them or I made sure that we sat at a table separately and then met them with drinks at the bar later or... Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I'm not doing that. Sorry, guys.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try this one and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Cause that's like a, yeah. <laughs> that's one that could definitely work with me. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you some dating scenarios. Cause these are always okay. uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a guy you've been going out for with a while or going out with for a while um, asks you on another date, but you're just not feeling it. What yeah. Do you, do? you fucking
0: say that. You say that. Um, you say, I, um, thank you so much right like you'd expl- the gratitude like hey th- think about what you would want on the receiving end like think about think about that like would you want somebody to tell you a bold faced lie you'd want them to just be fucking honest with you even if it wasn't you weren't on the same page it's like let's cut our losses right now i don't want to be strung along so i would say something like hey i would not ghost them i would not ignore and all of that i would say Hey, thank you so much for asking. I, I really, really am honored by your interest. I'll be really candid with you. I don't really feel a spark and I'm not, uh, I'm not really wanting to continue to connect. And I truly, I truly hope you can understand and I wish you nothing but happiness.
1: Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) No, I think that that's so fair. And that's one of those things that's just like an easy cop out for all of us. Like we all just start making excuses and not showing up and you're right. Like if you were the other person, you would want the answers and like, you would want the just firm, a little bit more of a firm response than constantly trying to reach out to somebody over and over again and be like, Oh, well, you said you had a doctor's appointment this day. What about the next day? Like just fucking man up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's the same scenario like with your friend who gets involved in multi level marketing and sells oils or s- <laughs> sells body wraps or fucking leggings or something. And they're like, I do you, I do you, I, I have this amazing opportunity for you. Do you want to sit down and <laughs> and you're like, ah, I I can't. You just gotta say, Hey, I'm so excited for you. It's not something I'm inter- interested in at this time, but I wish you all the best of luck.
1: Yeah, that's a good one, actually. I'm glad you, you brought up that scenario. <sighs> yeah, just say it's not for me. Yeah. Hi. Th- thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to our game title. Speaking of our game, okay, next scenario. And then I have a couple. I have a, after this one, I'm going to give you a couple wedding re- related scenarios because, okay, well, we'll get there in a sec. So let's say you're dating somebody. Now you're in a relationship, you're dating somebody for a very long time. And they're not proposing to you are they not asking you to move in with them or some other life step that you think they should be doing and you're waiting, 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 and it's not happening. How do you stand up for yourself in that situation? Well, there's no way around this. You just have to talk about it.
0: So one of the things that I would do is I would talk about all the things that you really love about the relationship or love about what that person is offering or or being for you and you never know some people have like my husband for example never wanted to get married because he never saw it work out and he wanted to be sort of like the couple that never got married and it was really important to me and so we had to discuss what that was about, right? And it's about really hearing the other person. So you never know, they might have a scenario based off of their childhood or, you know, inner wounds or whatever, where that's scary to them or it really threatens their safety. And it's really their own shit to work out, doesn't really have anything to do with how they view you, but you have to converse about it. So I would say something like, hey, can we do one of those awkward ass, where's our relationship going type of conversations. Mm. (laughs) Are you scared of me? You know, and like, that's how I would approach it. I would be kind of jokey about it and just say, here's the, here's the deal. Like I'm in, you know, I'm up for this. I'm really, I'm really loving where we're going. I'm, I get the sense that you are too, but I don't want to make up shit in my head, you know, and I, I want to be really clear about what i want and i i want you to be clear about what you want and i don't want us to just have like a guessing game so why don't you tell me like what are your thoughts what are your desires do you want a future do you what are you, what's your ideal scenario and giving that person the space to to express and not make them wrong i think that's one of the things that we can do disproportionately as women not always but where We say we want you to be totally honest, and then when they are, whether you're in a same-sex relationship or not, it's a trap. And we go, no, wrong answer, wrong fucking answer, you know. And instead of going like, okay, I can totally understand that, you know, yeah, I can appreciate that. And here's where I'm at, being really clear, like I got a year in me, and if we're not moving, in in that in some kind of a direction. I don't know if that's something, I don't know if we're lined up. Right. And and it could be painful. It could be hurtful. It could be mourning and you might have to grieve it a little bit. But let me tell you, it's so much better to just rip the band-aid off and then instead of, well, maybe if I do this, then he'll ask. Or maybe if I do this, then she'll want to get married. Or then... No, just
1: get that it is- out. Yeah, it's that's so important. I love that you brought that up. Like, not only are you asking the question, but you really have to freaking la- listen to their answer. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. So true. And it's so easy for us to just, you know, like want to hear what we want to hear. Or if somebody's telling you, like, I'm never going to get rid of my apartment, I love living alone. Like, you know, yeah. it just, we got to listen. So I love, I love that. I'm going to spring on you a couple wedding ones just for my own selfish. Because it's so funny. I mean, talk about like a learning fucking experience (laughs) planning is like a whole new thing in, in confrontation for me because I'm getting pulled in so many directions. Everybody has an opinion and you just, I'm really bad at saying no. And like, this is, this is something that like my friend actually told me, she's like, I was meditating and this came to me. She's like, you, this, this process of your life is teaching you how to say no. Like, you know, and I was like, whoa, you're probably right. But I've just been in so many scenarios where I I feel so uncomfortable. Um, Okay. So you brought up, you brought up one, the bridesmaid situation. Cause I thought that would be fun for other people too. If you get asked to be a bridesmaids or a bridesmaid in somebody's wedding and you don't want to do it, but we kind of already answered that. Um, So let's talk bridal party. So if one of your friends had you in her bridal party, but you don't want her in yours, or maybe they're like asking you like, So, what are we doing for dresses? Or, like, they just kind of assume that they're in. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, and this,
0: that one's tough. That one's really tough. Um, It also depends on the reason why you don't want them in, you know? So, using whatever the real reason is, like, if, like, do you have something in mind like they're super negative or the relationship's faded or,
1: yeah, uh, any of those. I, I feel like the most common one is probably like the relationship has faded. You know, like yeah. maybe you were in their bridal party five years ago, but like you moved or you have a whole new life. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I would acknowledge there's no real easy way to have this conversation, and I would say that. I would say, listen, you know, I I really don't want to string you along in any way, and I don't feel like there is any easy way to have this conversation but i value you and i don't want i don't want to lie to you at this point i had not planned on having you be a part of the party and it, it has felt to me like our relationship has has changed a lot over the last 5 years and not not in an, in a negative way just in it not being as much a part of each other's lives as things change. So I, um, I just want you to know that it's not at all coming from a place of bitterness or malice. It was just, I really wanted to stay focused on, on the, the closest relationships that I have at this chapter in my life.
1: Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Always throw that on at the end. <laughs> um no, that's a good one. And I feel like it's kind of similar like people, you know, in your family could want you to put somebody in your wedding party too, like a cousin or something like that. And it's kind of a similar a similar conversation across yeah. the but I like that. And that that again is just being super honest, you know. Yeah, and straightforward, which I like. Yeah. Um okay, another wedding one. <laughs> Okay. So this is like, I'm going to give you an easier and then I'm going to give you the harder version of it. So either your family or your your significant other's family is pressuring you to invite people to the wedding that you don't want to. How do you approach yeah. that? You say something to the effect of, I so
0: appreciate your involvement and your excitement about The wedding, I really, really do, and I just want to be super honest with you that we've decided that we really, really want to stick with just close friends and family, and we want to be a bit kind of territorial over our guest list. You know, it's it is our day, and it's a really big, memorable day, and um,
1: yeah, and we're paying for it, yeah.
0: Oh, and then then you for sure they, they don't have a leg to stand on if there's no financial input anyway. You'd be amazed. Say, you know, you'd be amazed. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That's that's where you just have to say I totally appreciate. These are the th- these are the great words to say when you don't agree but you understand their perspective. So it's I can totally understand that. I can totally appreciate that. Not I agree with that. So. Acknowledging that person and saying, like, I totally understand why that would be somebody you would want there. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to accommodate. Mm. Period. Done. Done. You know, we're being really vigilant about who we're inviting in our guest list. Please know it's not our intention to alienate, cause a riff, cause any drama. We just genuinely want this. To be a day about us and our richest connections. I truly hope you can understand.
1: Yeah, I like that. Okay. Are you ready for the harder version of that?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> like if it's somebody we'll find out. Yeah. Um, if you're if somebody if they're pressuring you to invite somebody that like should be invited to the wedding, but like you maybe you have like an estranged relative, like maybe you don't want your stepdad there, or you don't want your stepmom there, but you want your parent there. Like we're talking like Somebody serious yeah. in the family, but it is going to have to be a hard combo. Like, what do you do about that? Uh, it well, it it depends. I've I've coached people on this
0: before, and I've had students who like uninvited their parents to their wedding <laughs> because here's here's my here's here's my perspective on familial relationships. I don't give a flying fuck if we have the same bloodline. Okay. I don't buy into this narrative that blood is thicker than water. I feel like respect is thicker than water. So, if you are not a respectful individual, period, I don't care if we're related. Like, we need to have a mutual respect for each other as adults. And if that's not present, I don't want you in my life. You know, I I like myself too much. So, I think that that, and this is not what I'm saying to say to people, but I want you to keep in mind blood doesn't matter <laughs> at all or marriage even, you know, it doesn't matter if it's not somebody you want to be there. That's your call. So I would, again, have a conversation. It depends on if your step-parent is one that you never talk to and you have to go through your parent.
1: Yeah. Let's do or that scenario. It, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so let's
0: say,, <laughs> uh, oh. let's say it's your stepmom that you don't want there. <laughs> your, word, your word's not mine. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and it's your it's, it's your dad's wife, let's say. And you don't talk to her at all. You don't like her. She doesn't like you, and it's been pretty vocal, and your dad knows it. So I would talk to your dad, and I would say... Or your friend, tell your friend to talk to her dad uh, and say, "Hey, I really, I really want to talk to you about some of the stuff at the wedding." And um, again, I would say I don't really know if there's an easy way to talk about it, but you know, I, as you know, have had a very tumultuous relationship with Sharon or whoever, whatever her name is, and I, at this point in my life. Really want people there who are genuinely excited for me, who love me, and uh, both myself and I don't know your fiance's name, Brad. Brandon, <laughs> or Brandon. I was close. Oh, I was close, Brandon. You know, Brandon and I really decided on our intention for this wedding, and we wanted to make sure that every person who was there that they were a substantial piece of our life and that could really, truly cheer us on into this next new chapter. And I don't, I don't feel that with Sharon. And so I would absolutely love to have you be there with me. And I don't want this at all to be coming from a place of malice or ill intent. It really is from a place of wanting to preserve this union and being intentional about who's surrounding us. So I just wanted to give you the heads up that when you get the invitation it'll be it'll be your name mm. only. Yeah, that's um, good. And I'm open to hearing your perspective on it. I don't at all expect you to agree with me <laughs> or even understand. I just hope that you can respect respect it. I like that.
1: I like ending it with just, you know, I hope that you can respect My decision, like, because it is your decision. Like, I, I don't think in that scenario, like, you, I I wouldn't want to open that up for discussion. I would just be like, "Here's where I'm at." Yeah, (laughs) I.
0: It 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 really depends. You know, it depends on if dad has never really gone to bat for you. You know, that feels a lot easier to say. Like, here's how it's going to be, and if it depends on all of the different nuances of the relationship, but you know, <laughs> I've said in the past, like, I'm not going to be guilted into being around people who don't love me. Hmm. Period.
1: Yeah. I won't. Well, that was a tough one. And I think that was really, really helpful. And hopefully, hopefully some of these scenarios helped our listeners stand up for themselves yeah. without being dicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want more from you or they want to learn more about this, where can they, where can they get some more info?
0: Pretty much my whole corner of the internet is over at thejoyjunkie.com and Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E. And I'm all over. That's my handle on pretty much everywhere, but I hang out the most on Instagram. But if you go to the Joy Junkie, you'll see I've got you know the free ebook that we were talking about and free workshops. And I I do a podcast too. So come hang out, get a bunch of free info. And
1: um, yeah, I hope it's been helpful for you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Amy. All right. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope it was helpful and that you got some value from it. I want to give a big thank you to our guests this week. I'm going to link all their stuff in show notes so you can find out more and send them some love. If you like this episode, definitely share with your friends, post it on IG stories, tag us, let me know your favorite part or any aha moments you may have had. You can, of course, find me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems or on my personal at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. I love connecting with you guys and hearing your thoughts on this podcast. As always, I want to give all of you a big thank you for tuning in and listening to this show. There are lots of podcasts out there and just know I'm really honored that you choose to spend your hour with me. If you haven't done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and leave a nice little review if you're feeling generous. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. And if you get bored before then, I have lots of other episodes you can catch up on. So until then, I will see you next Tuesday.